Shalom. Welcome to the Christchurch Jerusalem Bible Study, where we wrestle with God's Word. For more information on the church, to listen to sermons, to contact us, or to make a gift, visit ChristChurchJerusalem.org. Brothers and sisters, welcome to Christchurch Jerusalem for our Wednesday night Bible study. We are currently in the Feast of Tabernacles, Sukkot. Uh, here in Jerusalem and around the world. And uh, we gather in the name of the Messiah, risen and Lord, and we hope that we can learn a little bit more about him, about his kingdom, and how to be better disciples as we are uh, studying the book of Leviticus. We are up to chapter 3, coming up to uh, our third of of the offerings. And um, while that might not seem a lot of fun for some people, Yeshua did say, the volume of this book speaks of me. So somewhere in here is the Messiah and something that we can learn about God. So we know that the Messiah is present. We know that his spirit is here, and we acknowledge that uh, in our prayers. Brother Andrew from South Africa uh, will lead us in prayer. Let us pray. Almighty Father, we thank you for the privilege of meeting together from meeting together in all corners of the world. What a privilege to be connected in this way. And we're connected by your truth, your love, the hope you give us, and your amazing grace. Thank you for this book that you have given us to study, ancient manuscripts that have been cared for over centuries and put together for our use. We pray that as we study together, your spirit might be with us, and be with Aaron as he guides us uh, so that we can discover your mysteries, your holiness in this book of Leviticus. Uh, we thank you for this group, for those that will be listening to uh, later in time. We would like to support each other, although we're at a distance. We think of those that need physical and other help. We long to support each other uh, with you, through your spirit. So we thank you for this time together. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. Okay. Going on to uh, our tradition, which is uh, to go over the notes from two weeks ago. So we discussed Leviticus chapter 2, which was the uh, grain offering. We had a pretty lively little discussion about that. So here is uh, the background. Sharing a meal with the Lord was an important aspect of the worship in the temple. Obviously, not everyone could afford an animal. And even those with animals could not afford to sacrifice them regularly. Animal sacrifice on a personal level was performed rarely. So what did I just say? We kind of think that um, people went through life in the second temple period, first temple period, I've committed a sin, quick, let me go grab a cow and I will kill it. It just didn't happen because it just wasn't possible. You didn't have access to that many animals. And even if you had lots of animals, the last thing you would do was kill half of them every year in the temple. You just would end up with none. So actually, animal sacrifice on a personal level actually performed rarely. So the next offering described by Moses is the mincha. The offering of grain. Mincha is the word used for the offerings brought by Cain and Abel in Genesis 4. It is the word used today 
for the second prayer of the daily prayers in Jewish tradition. It's a short prayer, often prayed in the afternoon and quickly followed by the last prayer of the day, the Ma'ariv. Whereas the offerings, the Mincha, brought by the brothers in Genesis 4, is both of grain and animal, the offering described here in Leviticus 2 is only of grain. There is no blood involved in this act of worship. The offering, not called a sacrifice, is a mix of fine flour, olive oil, and incense. The English translation says that when anyone brings a grain offering, however, the word used is nefesh, the word for soul, when any soul brings an offering. The implication is that the act of worship in bringing an offering is very deep and personal. It is in conjunction with the heart and is not something done without intention. The offering can be prepared at home and then presented at the temple. This is quite an intentional act and demonstrates that the worship of God is not restricted to the temple precincts, but begins in the home. A portion is burnt on the altar and the rest of the bread cake is given to the priest and his family. This portion of the offering is called the most holy part. Interesting that the most holy portion is used by the priest, a human, and the other smaller portion is burnt as a pleasing aroma to the Lord. So far, we have had two chapters of Leviticus, and we have not heard the word sin mentioned once. What is being described thus far are simply acts of worship. What we have heard is the word atonement, and we will need to discuss the meaning of that word in depth soon. Leaven, or yeast, is not to be present in the Mincha grain offering. Leaven is usually associated with the Passover, its preparations, and the Feast of Unleavened Bread that follows. Why leaven must be excluded here is not explained in the text. Honey is also prohibited. And again, no satisfactory answer is available from the text or tradition. What we do have in the grain offering is the opportunity for the poor to engage in worship. The rich have the opportunity to present a sacrifice of an animal. The poor have no such opportunity, but they can still participate in temple worship through the mincha. It is the heart of the worshipper that is on display to God, not the size or shape or texture of the product on the altar. Here we recall the offering of the widow's mite in the Gospels. Finally, all sacrifices had to be seasoned with salt. Possibly the preserving nature of salt was a memorial of the everlasting covenant, although no explanation is offered in the text itself. How uncommon. Salt became a theological symbol, as did water, wine, bread, blood, and light, all facets of the temple service. Blessed salt became part of the early church worship and baptismal traditions, and it was also used in exorcism, even to this day in the Catholic Church. Jesus reminds us that we are to be salt and light to the nations. The old Book of Common Prayer, for those of you of the Anglican tradition, includes the blessing for holy salt next to the blessing for holy water. Although as we have gone through the modern period, we have literally thrown salt away. <laughs>
Okay, no one uses salt in worship anymore. But it used to be there. All right, so that was a discussion from our uh, from chapter two from two weeks ago. Now we're up to three. We're up to another offering. Once again, this this offering is uh, has nothing to do with sin. How interesting. So I'm going to read chapter three from uh, an ESV. In his offering, if his offering is a sacrifice or peace offering, if he offers an animal from the herd, male or female, he shall offer it without blemish before the Lord until he shall lay his hand on the head of his offering and kill it at the entrance of the tent of meeting. And Aaron's sons, the priests, shall throw the blood against the sides of the altar. And from the sacrifice of the peace offering, as a food offering to the Lord, he shall offer the fat covering of the entrails and all the fat that is on the entrails, and the two kidneys with the fat that is on them at the loins and the long lobe of the liver, and he shall remove with the kidneys then Aaron's son shall burn on the altar on top of the burnt offering, which is on the wood, on the fire. It is a food offering with a pleasing aroma to the Lord. If his offering for a sacrifice of peace, offering to the Lord is an animal from the flock, male or female, he shall offer it without blemish. If he offers a lamb for his offering, then he shall offer it before the Lord. Lay his hand on the head of the offering and kill it in front of the tent of meeting. And Aaron's son shall throw its blood against the sides of the altar. Then from the sacrifice of the peace offering, he shall offer as a food offering to the Lord its fat. He shall remove the whole fat tail, but off close to the backbone and the fat that covers the entrails and the fat that is on the entrails and the two kidneys with the fat that is on them and the loins and the long lobe of the liver, he shall remove with the kidneys. And the priest shall burn it on the altar as a food offering to the Lord. If his offering is a goat, then he shall offer it before the Lord, lay his hand on its head, kill it in front of the tent of meeting. And the sons of Aaron shall throw its blood against the sides of the altar. Then he shall offer it as an offering or a food offering to the Lord. The fat covering the entrails and all the fat that is on the entrails and the two kidneys with the fat that is on them and the loins and the long lobe of the liver that he shall remove with the kidney. And the priest shall burn them on the altar as a food offering with a pleasing aroma. All fat is the Lord's. It shall be a statute forever throughout your generations in all your dwelling places that you shall you eat neither fat nor blood. All right. So based on a literal reading, as is our tradition, what jumps out at you guys? Is there something there that uh, you hadn't sort of heard before? Only, only that it, it's like a course in butchery. It's, it's, um, it's such a detailed explanation of how that meat is, is separated. And we get to the point at the end that God has the fat. Is this a literal, are we looking at a literal translation or are we looking at symbolic separation as well? Oh, I'm sure both of, of them are around. Um, there is, there is no word in the Bible. If this, is, if this really is the word of the Lord, then there is nothing here that is superfluous. We might not always know the reason why. In fact, many times as we've discovered, God says things and there's just no explanation as to the reason why. You scratch your head and you go, wow, where does that come from? 
What, why do we do that? And those are the things that we get to discover. As, as um, we are, we are mentioned, uh, told, it is the honour of the Lord to conceal a thing okay, and the glory of a king to, to, to seek it out. And, uh, and so we have this um, great privilege where the Lord doesn't play a game with us but uh, delights in the quest to learn something. Yeah. Um, I, I have to say, I'm, I'm with you, Kate. I look at this and go, all right, there was a lot of details that seemed to repeat itself, all to tell me that God prefers fat and blood. He can have it, but I can't, yes. uh, without an explanation as to why. Right? It's not like fat's bad. If you eat it, you'll get heart disease and die. I, the Lord, have spoken. Okay? Um, it's, <laughs> but there's something there, and I have to admit, when I first read this, um, which was years ago, but I read it again and thought, why fat? Like, you know, because we're, we're normally told, don't eat blood, don't eat blood, don't eat blood. But here we're told, don't eat fat either. Interesting. Yeah, Kate, you are right. This book is a guidance book for the Leviim who performed the korbanot, the sacrifices. So be, for that reason, it's very deep and uh, detailed. There's a handbook. It's a handbook for them. Yeah, be deep. Rabbi Shimshon. everyone. And um, it's good to be back again. Um, sorry, I was um, absent for some time. I, I wasn't feeling fine, actually. That was the reason. But I'm um, good. <laughs> You're yes. good now? Praise the Lord. Bless you with health, brother. Amen. Amen. Um, it, it's from the last word you just spoke about, the, the fat and the blood. I mean, we've always heard about the blood. And the reason was given for the blood. I mean, the Lord said that the life is in the blood, so I've given it for atonement. So you don't eat it. You don't consume life. But here, the reason is not given for the fat. In fact, the first time it's, I, I, I got to see it, I was like shocked. I mean, we, I mean, we enjoy nice steaks with some fat that is melting out. And, <laughs> and uh, you're just wondering that, oh, all this goes for the Lord. And, uh, you know, I guess <laughs> Preach it, brother. No, no, but um, it's very concerning and will strike your your curiosity just to know why the fat is, um, is, is taken out of the, the things you could consume. So Shimshon and I, we looked at the fat and thought, what is this doing here? Okay. <laughs> Kate was wondering why we've got the, uh, the uh, you know, butchery 101 uh, here in the Bible for all of our... <laughs> Anybody else? I, yeah, the, the liver, isn't it the same in Hebrew? Is it the same as the word as kavod, as, as weight, weighty? Is there anything, the link between that and, and holiness? Yes, it's I'm true. Uh, kavod, kavod is the same, like number of shorish, but... Root word, yeah, the roots. Yes, there's lots of yeah, other parts of the saying. animal that we have to cut out and, 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 and yeah. put together. Not really sure why. I guess the yeah yeah. I, mean, I guess the question yeah why of course the fat and the, the smell and everything the, the white kidneys and the liver. Yep, no idea. So uh, Rea, what was your comment? I I was just going to note this word shlamim shlamim. It's uh, usually usually translated peace offering. This is a different type of offering in this whole chapter. There are three types of animals, but they're all under the listing of peace offerings or. Perfection offerings, uh, everything's as it should be. There's no atonement going on here. Absolutely. And, and in fact, this is the this is the one offering where everybody got together and, and had a good dinner over it. 
So <laughs> it, it's also a fellowship offering here. I, I rather suspect that the Lord really liked this offering and enjoyed uh, his people participating in it. Yep. The word, what is everybody's uh, translation? I've got peace offering. Some people have fellowship. Is that true for some different translations? Yeah. The, the, the word is zevach shlamim. And, shlamim, um, yes. Yeah. And uh, is the, which is interesting because it comes from the verb, you know, leshalem, to pay, where we get the word shalom from, but it's in plural, which is very interesting. And also the uh, root, root of perfection and completion. Co correct. Whole, 100%. Yes. yes. Everything is everything is just fine. Everything is just fine. And yet you have, as Ari has noted, we're now into, into Leviticus chapter 3, and we still haven't heard the word sin. It's implied in chapter 1. Right, It, sure. it, it says yeah. that he's uh, been atoned for and reconciled. Yes, which we have to discuss, and we will get, we'll get to that. We will, we, will, we will try and understand. We actually physically haven't had the word chet, okay, the, the word for, for sin. So here we have another, another sacrifice, and this is a zevach. This is definitely a sacrifice of something. So, And you can offer an animal from which type of species or gender? Let me, let me give it. What's that, male or female? So, Mordecai, you got some comments on verse 1 for me? The animal cannot be a, of an unknown gender. They should have known the, the gender and say it, basically, unblemished male cattle mm -hmm. or female cattle. They cannot say, oh, we don't know. And it's a peace offering. Mm -hmm. uh, it sometimes confuses people because when you say peace, you know, peace is like something that we make after a war or after a discussion or fight, like, you know, between brothers and sisters. They say, oh, let's have some peace. But here, it's called a peace offering because it promotes peace between the owner of this offering and God. Because, as Arya says, that that guy is not obligated obligated to bring an offering to God, but he brings it for any reason, you know, to praise God. Uh, there is a Hebrew song, I think Nama, Arya, and Rever, you know, it's called Chachaim Shelani Tutim. And in, a, in it, there's a verse says, Todal Kol Ayofi, you know, thank you for everything that is good. So it's like basically the same thing. This guy brings an offering to the temple or tabernacle to praise God, and it's called a feast offering. You know, because during the eating of the flesh, because the owner gets some flesh back, uh, he invites his friends to eat with him or family members. Then at the end of the dinner or supper, they praise God. He says, this flesh was from my offering, a peace offering that I offered this morning. So they say, oh, wow, it was a good kebab. Uh, hallelujah. You know, God is good. Let, let it praise him. That's why it's called a peace offering. It's a very good offering. Okay, cool. It's interesting that it comes from the male or the female. They're both considered equal when coming to give this perfect perfection offering, this peace offering, this free will offering. There's a, uh, it doesn't have to be like in Passover it was an unblemished male, but here we have uh, deliberately saying, well, actually, we're not not concerned about its its gender. However, it's got to have one. Praise the Lord. So there you go. The Bible gives us two genders. 
I don't know if this is relevant, but at, from a butcher point of view, you, if you have meat that does not have fat with it, it doesn't taste very good. You need, like in a roast, you need the marbling and the fat of the mm -hmm. fat to make it tender and also to make it taste good. And for yeah. example, with sausages, you always have to add fat, which is a big issue for Jews if you don't eat pork because they often put pork fat in sausages. But without the fat, the meat doesn't taste very good. Yeah, it's an interesting thing that we're that when, when even like lean meat actually has fat in it, it's very difficult for meat not to have actual fat or even not blood as we understand the word blood, but the enzymes that are that make up blood still in, are present. Like when you buy meat that's 98, like lean meat, 98% fat free, still contains 2% fat. It's very difficult to find a product that's, that's not. So it's, it's, it, it means something, but we're not always, we can't get like 100% make sure there's no, no fat inside me, not actually physically. Yeah, um, Aaron? Yep. Yeah, we have some tribes in, um, in Nigeria, they actually eat blood. And what they do is that they collect it and it dries and they fry it, they slice it and fry it. It, it, it looks like meat at the end of the day. I want to believe that's what um, the Lord will be referring to because when you sacrifice an animal, it's very difficult to drain the blood 100%. And just like you mentioned, um, getting the fats, um, the fats cannot be totally absent from the meat. You know, Even if you cut it out, there are some places where the fat is still there. So I, I believe it has to do with direct consumption of yep. this blood. And Agreed. If we asked our Scottish lady, uh, Kate, what's in um, blood, uh, blood pudding? Black, black, I was going, black that's pudding. I've unmuted myself, actually, to say that people eat black pudding and it's considered to be a delicacy. And um, some of the islands, I think the Shetlands have probably the finest black pudding. Now, their cattle are all island bred and so everything will be as pure as it could be. But in my life, I've never eaten black pudding. And whether this is something that was told to me, you don't eat the blood of an animal, I don't know. Because I was raised in, in the Catholic Church, so that was really strange. But no, it's, it's black pudding, and people love it. But yeah. I could never see, and it's cooked the same way that was described there. It, it's it's yeah. collected. When you kill a pig, every part of a pig yeah. is, is saved. And of course, the Jewish people don't eat pig. No, uh, and many Arab cultures too. So, so, so from Nigeria, from Scotland, and I'm sure there are other cultures as well, uh, the consumption of blood has a tradition, and it probably did too here in the Middle East, but it's forbidden. It's not part of most of our mainstream cultures, um, consumption of fat is. Andrew from South Africa mentions something literally from the text, which he's noticed. The animal is sacrificed at the entrance of the tent of meeting. Where were we told in Leviticus 1 to make our sacrifice? To the north of the altar. Yet, so for some reason, this one is not, which is a very interesting um, difference. Why? Not 100% sure, but it's there in the text. Anyway, it's very good. It has not a sin of pudding. It's right. not that holy. It, of course, okay. all the offerings are holy, but it's literally says, that basically means the opening of the tent of the meeting, meaning the door should, should be open when they bring it. 
to okay. the Moat. Because if you look at Hebrew words, it's Potel Moat. So like the opening of the door of the Ochel Moat, they need to bring it. The sanctuary, you know. Okay. So it's probably got to do, has it got to do with sin? It's got to do with fellowship. It's got to do with uh, something else. And you want to be as close to God as possible. So that could be it. All right. Anything to do on the blemished? Like any any comments on why all these sacrifices have to be without a blemish? It makes it fancy. I don't know. <laughs> I think, well, God is perfect. And he wants his priests to be perfect. He wants the, uh, the, the altar. He's very in detailed descriptions of how you build stuff. Imagine if we built the temple to God using the cheapest products possible. We, we know we got three cobbler name to build the temple. Give us a quote. We took the cheapest. What does that tell us? God gets the best. Okay. Let's take it's this down best. now into our lives right now. Okay. Like, and, and, and a few of us know this. Whenever we have an old pair of jeans, let's, let's donate this to charity. And we think we're doing a good thing. How about we turn around and buy a brand new pair of jeans and give that to charity? Okay, that's what that's that's what's going on here in Leviticus. Is I want the best. Well, give me the second best. You know, you you would never throw away an old pair of jeans and say, "Dear Lord, these are yours," and think that He's okay with it. You know, God wants our heart. He wants our whole heart. He wants the best of our heart. Not our second heart. Not our offhanded prayer. Not our love that's just spare on the weekends. He wants uh, the lot. And so even these simple animals, which are got nothing to do with sin, got everything to do with whole, perfect fellowship, nice meal occasion, that's going to be the best. It's going to be, it's going to be perfect because God's perfect. He's going to give you perfect. Yeah, absolutely, Aaron. Um, if you look at it, I believe God was trying to set up um, equality control because if not, um, just imagine, you know, when it's time for sacrifice, people would just look for the, for the limits of it and the worst of it and just bring it out. And, you know, just let this world go so that they're they are almost dying. So let's just, let's just let it go. And it's going to really be a mess. And uh, there needed to be some kind of quality control. And uh, the specifications we're giving or else we're really going to have a, a very big mess. Yeah. Yeah. So, guys, verse 2, let's remember this animal is not for sin. Why is the worshipper laying his hand on it? Okay, Mordecai. Uh, yeah, it's not for confession, but to praise him by saying, uh, you know, okay. he puts his hands on the animal's head and praises God, gives it to the Kohanim. But as we saw previously in the previous chapter, that for all offering, he comes, he comes and confesses his sin, you know, by putting his hands on the animal. But it, now it's to praise God. This appears to be slaughtered by the suppliant himself and not by the priest as well, according to the text. Is that right? The way it's written? Well, look, look at the text. He okay. shall put his hand on it and slaughter it. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Okay. So it's, um, yes, he's being done. And yet he still has to give the priest, the blood to throw on the sides of the altar, even though it's not. No, no, no. He, he slaughters it and yes. gives the animal to the Kohanim because you will see in the verse 5, the Kohanim will take the seven parts of the animal. So he cannot ah, do that. Okay. He's not a butcher. So. Sure, sure, sure. Right. 
So the uh, the worshipper uh, kills his own sacrifice at the tent of meeting in this place, okay? And then the sons, uh, Aaron and, the, and his sons, the, the Kohanim, they put some of the blood on the sides of the altar. Any idea why they do that? Because this is not for sin. No, I, I don't really know. I don't have an answer for it other than it seems it's part of the ritual of, of the worship. It's here in the text, okay? I know that life is in the blood and God owns the blood. It's not, you can't take blood whenever you feel like it. Okay? It belongs to the Lord. So it could simply just be that. Okay? Everything belongs to the Lord. So as an as a, um, example, then you put a little bit on the, on the altar. And, uh, and from the sacrifice, uh, as a food offering, okay, so part will actually go to the Lord. Uh, then the, the Kohanim begin to carve up the animal and, uh, and, it's, and they offer the fat okay, of the entrails and all the fat that is on the entrails, uh, kidneys with their fat and the parts of the loins, the long lobe of the liver, which is the same word uh, as honour, and, uh, and which he removes and then he burns them on the altar on top of the burnt offering, okay, which is the one that, which we uh, saw in chapter one. Okay, uh, so it's not something that's burnt on top, on its own, and um, and it is a food offering with a pleasing aroma to the Lord. So of course, uh, does God need to eat? The answer is, well, no, obviously, but He does delight to have table fellowship with humans, which is an interesting thought. He also appears to be partial to fish. <laughs> yes and it's very interesting so you find in the gospels about fish 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 everywhere but yet fish are never considered an offering isn't that interesting <laughs> can i ask a question um yes so to us the heart is always very important i mean it isn't the seat of the, of the soul but it's often been thought that way but there's no mention of the heart in any of this why do you think good question my first reaction is, why would I be bringing this offering in the first place? Mm. It has no bearing on my salvation because it's not covering me for anything. There's no word atonement or anything like that. Um, why would I be doing such a thing? So it's, I, I, my, my first reaction would be there's some heart involved here anyway, even though it's not actually mentioned. Mm. Um, this is a free will offering. And, uh, and it's expensive. This is not something that your average Joe could do, you know, um, because you just don't have access to these kinds of animals. They're just, you know, if you're working inside a town, you don't have a herd or a flock. If you had only two goats in your house, which you used for milk, and you were going to sacrifice one to the Lord, think about the sacrifice that you just gave. You gave up 50% of your wealth. Mm. I mean that's incredible. So yeah, I think I think the heart's actually there, even though it's not actually mentioned. Livers and kidneys are often thought to be sort of dirty, which then because they're getting rid of waste products and things, whereas the heart, you know, is is there pumping away and is a very good muscle to eat. Yes. So why does God want all the offal? Well, he wants all of us. He wants all the good. I mean, it, it's it represents the good and the whole range of all of us. Right. But it's interesting, isn't it? Like, let's pull out bits of the animal that we would probably normally go, well, this is not very nice. 
And mm. uh, this is the bit where you give as a food offering to the Lord. It's a pleasing aroma. When they put the, the, the Lord's offering on top of the, is that on top of the already cooked meat? Uh, that I don't know. It could be burnt together. I'm not sure. It just it just has this little little line. You put this on top of the burnt it, offering. It would give flavour to the meat as well, and it would moist, make the meat moist. Yeah. So you know, it's God. God is giving you part of His abundance, if you like. Yeah. Well, it also it's demonstrates that better. God is actually yeah. either Australian or New Zealander. You know, because He really knows how to cook <laughs> barbecues, and He's worked it out that uh, you know, if you're having a braai, okay. You get some some fatty meat, you put it on the other meat, it drips down, yeah. and it's all absolutely fantastic. Am I right, Andrew? I'm right. Okay. But uh, I'm, not, I'm not sure. It's, a, it's, quite, it's quite interesting, but it's here, and we, we, we wrestle with some of this, and we try and see how this impacts us in our walk with the Messiah. So we keep going. If his offering for a sacrifice of peace to the Lord is an animal from the flock, male or female, okay, so we've got to figure out who we are here, you shall offer it without a blemish. Again, the, this idea that when you bring something to the God, it's, it's the best. We don't bring second rate. We don't, bring, we don't give God our second rate even today. Okay? Um, we, we, we give him or we should attempt to give him the best. If he offers a lamb for his offering, then he shall offer it before the Lord, lay his hand on its head uh, of his offering. Okay, There's this very personal aspect to uh to the offering this is not for sin and he will kill it again as rea mentioned kind of looks like the worshippers doing this at the front of the meeting which is not at the north side where most sacrifices are done aaron's sons use put the blood on the sides of the altar again the blood is not here for sin but the blood belongs to the lord there's a part of this ritual which is um, uh, uh, still performed. And then from the sacrifice of the peace offering, he offers it as a food offering to the Lord, even though the Lord physically can't eat, but he delights to eat and dwell with his people. Removes the fat again okay, from the tail, cut off close to the backbone. You get this nice description of butchery. Uh, and the two kidneys and the fat that's on them and the loins. And this is some of this stuff you just wouldn't eat yourselves. Um, some people do, but um, it's God's, which is very interesting. And um, the liver he'll remove with the kidneys and the priest shall burn it on the altar as a food offering to the Lord. Why fat? What's this deal? We've been talking now about fat. What's the word for fat? Anyone know? Okay, Nama, you know it. Chelev. And that's the same word as milk. I mean, change the name around. Shuman. Chelev. Okay. Chelev. The word here is chelev, okay? Which is yeah. when you change the nikudah around, no, no, chalav, shuman is it comes from that same sort of idea, but it's actually an animal product, okay? Shuman um, is also fat, and, um, yeah. <laughs> and chelev is like the good part of the fat. Like, you yes. know, the, the fat, The fat is not unclean, right? Neither is blood, by the way, because you're not giving God unclean stuff. I believe that you can judge the quality of the meat according to the fat. If you fed him well and he's a good quality, the fat's going to be really good. The Japanese will agree with you. Have you ever, ever <laughs> seen how expensive Kobe beef is? 
Okay. Yeah, this is not a veggie conversation. Yeah, you know, no, if, all vegetarians are literally running. Uh, right about and if I'm online, you know, I remember I was thinking because you said before, well, if it's not for covering the sins, because I remember David, like you said, in one of the sermons, or maybe more of them, that fellowship with God always involves food, eating with God. Yes, it does. Uh, all right. Yes, I see in the text. Uh, Mordecai, you had some comments on verse 5, going back a bit. We're, yeah, uh, we're burning things on the altar. Yeah. Uh, I just focused on the verse 5. It says, Alha Allah, you know, besides the elevation offering, you know, we just studied it. Yep. It says, besides the other korbanot, I think it, that's what the ESV says. But here it basically says, besides the elevation offering, which is the first offering of the day. I just wanted to say. Ah, yeah, okay. So it's in conjunction with the Ola, which is the yeah, first yeah. offering of the day. Yeah. And this this offering can be the second. So basically, besides of that. Ah, okay. In terms, okay, like an order. Yeah, in order. Yeah, it's called Tamit, you know, the order. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. All right. So onto the issue of fat. It's not an unclean product. It's a, but it belongs to the Lord. I've got this in, um, I'm looking at the st a study Bible here, and it says, um, anyone eating the fat portions of the offered animal was cut off from his people. The fat was considered the best, and the best was to be reserved for the Lord alone. As to the blood, it was never to be eaten. God's response is strong. I will set my face against that soul who eats blood and will utterly destroy him from among his people. Not only is the life of the flesh in the blood, but the blood has been given to God by God to make atonement for the soul. And then goes on to various notes. So that was the best bit. Right. The issue of blood crops up all the way through the scriptures. Okay. Fat kind of drops off, um, a bit like salt did in uh, modern Christianity. Okay. Because by the time you get to Acts 15, and we go through our things you can't eat. That's not mentioned anymore, right? It's not, it's not really the, the, the issue. But it was an issue at the start. And um, I, I, what I think God is, uh, is trying uh, to tell us. We already talked about the smell that pleases God. So fat could smell good. And fat could help it to burn faster. Am I wrong? So when you have like fat in the kebab, it sure. just burns quicker. Yeah. So maybe it was a, <laughs> the quicker way to perform the sacrifice. I don't know. Would be. I think I think they must have known that actually uh, at that time and now. I mean, fat is the most productive part of of all of the you know fat, protein, carbohydrates. You get more energy out of the same yeah. weight of fat that, as you do um, that than you do from all the others. And in a time when perhaps people didn't overeat or um or it was a good thing to you know to have energy rich food and actually the modern science says that fat, animal fat is better for you but that's a different discussion yes yes but, i know yeah it, it is interesting that uh, fat everything burns hotter i mean all i have to do is have a barbecue and you have try to barbecue bacon okay it's it, you can't uh, really mm -hmm. Uh, without having a forest fire uh, so if your fat burns much hotter yeah um, exactly. and I, I think that's you know I think 
whoever said, yeah, it burns much quicker to have the fat involved. Intense. I think that's different. Thank you. <laughs> there you go. My scholar. Here's the interesting thing. We don't really know why, like the text just says, the fat's mine. Okay. And you go, why? <laughs> what we're doing is we're taking something, we're trying to figure out why or why, and we're creating, uh, uh, we're doing allegory where all kinds of different things to try and figure out why and then make them a spiritual uh, application. And that's actually a good thing. Yeah. And so these texts become fresh and new every morning because we look at them and we go, what's that? Some of the commentaries that I look, including some of the very old ones, like from the, the Apostolic Fathers, okay? So here's <laughs> Augustine and Oregon, and they're reading the text because this is their Bible. They're closer to, the, to this, you know. They haven't all got a complete New Testament yet, and they're looking at this guy. <laughs> what is fat got to do with us? And they start thinking, well, wait a second. You know, this, this is... Um, when you, when you take all your nutrients, you, this fat is a covering. It's a protection. It stores. It, uh, it, 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 it separates. It does all these things. And, and so they actually consider it a very important part of the body. Like this is actually really important. Okay. And, um, of course, the most best bits, who gets that? Well, of course God gets that. And so they, they took it as a, at, a, at, a very, at a very spiritual level. That you eat, you sustain, everything goes in you, and like this Holy Spirit, you, whatever is nurtured inside you, well, that had better be given back to God. You can't keep it; it's not yours. You've actually got to, got to, got to let it out. So they, they, they took it as a very, in a very spiritual way. Okay, and um, the text allows you to do that because really it's quite very detailed about how you butcher this animal but no explanation given other than this is free will. Males and females are of equal weight. Uh, it doesn't, the, the different types of animals are of equal weight. Goats, lambs, they're all the same. You personally are involved in your act of worship, which also involves in you eating this thing. It's not like, you know, you're not going to, you're going to enjoy this too. God delights in table fellowship, even though he's not physically eating uh and um and the, and these bits of the animal like the blood and the fat that that have to be given over to the lord they're not things that you you yourself can consume Teresa, your hand raised yeah i just wanted to just go back for a moment to the the, the whole issue of fat because i know someone else has said it but it does bring flavor to the meat. And if you have meat without fat, really, it doesn't have the same flavor. And you're right. I mean, if you were making a stew or if you're boiling a chicken, if once you've cooled the liquor that you get from it, the fat will form on the top and it will keep it, it will preserve it. Yeah. And if you look at liver is used to make pate, yes. you know, in, certainly in Europe. And um, usually the pate is covered with a layer of fat very often because that will preserve it. And actually, liver is really nice and tasty. It's always been seen as something tasty, and certainly in the older days in um, in in England, and um, and also kidneys. Kidneys were served up for breakfast in the yeah. rich, rich homes, and uh, yeah, and it's just that I think you know we're judging it by our standards now and by the need to not eat too much fat and so on. But in truth, when I've had steak, when I've had it without. Fat, I thought, ooh, 
it's yeah. really pretty boring actually yeah. so i think there is something about how it does give flavor and also kidneys and liver and so on so i just wanted to to add that and you used to i think in oh i, I don't know if it, i think it was among the poorer families you know in the poorer parts there of london many 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 years ago before before i was born but you would give the man because you didn't have much money so you'd have limited food and the man would be given the bit with the fat on yes he'd have the best bit yeah he'd have the best and that was the bit with the you know the fat and so on mm. so you see there is something that's, around this that's very that's very important the uh scotland's been quite quiet there because of course they still eat haggis which is you know all of the stuff that they still keep and uh and if anyone's actually been to asia then people know that you still actually eat intestines uh as, as a delicacy and i have to tell you they make that taste really good okay they're very clever but anyway we will we will take all this information we finish and we'll see how we can apply it you know in sort of like a uh in the light of the messiah and how we can uh, apply it to ourselves uh today so um um okay so looking at now verse 12 which is where we use a goat it's got the same value as a lamb sheep so sheep and the goats have the same value so we often think of sheep and the goats and immediately when you say the word sheep and goats what do you jump to in the bag. yeah we want to separate them in matthew 25 you know sheep and goats quick put them off to either side and definitely send one to hell okay definitely burn that guy but in the Torah, no, they're, they're the same. They they're, they're actually have equal value. Okay? All these different types of species, uh, animals, males and females, they're all the same value, which is an interesting theological point. Okay, so you got a goat. Uh, bring it before the Lord. Okay, fantastic. It's free will. Lay his hand on its head. Again, very personal. But this is not for sin. This is you somehow. This must be. Could be some prayer. Could be some public statement uh, uh, that you're doing before the Lord in the front of the tent of meeting that is open, as Mordecai said, tuach. It's open. Um, you and God have a direct contact. It's not a sacrifice on the north side. This is uh, something different. And the sons of Aaron, the, the priests are involved. Again, the blood on the sides of the altar, the blood belongs to the Lord. And then you offers it as an offering for a food offering to the Lord, the fat coverings of the entrails. Once got that fat thing again, uh, and the fat that's on the entrails, the two kidneys, the fat that is on them, the loins, the, 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 lo the lobe of the liver, which is removed of the kidneys, and the priest shall burn them on the altar as a food offering with a pleasing aroma. Again, all the fat that is the Lord's, all the fat is the Lord's. Rashi says all the fat of that sacrifice, not all the fat in the world. So don't think that you need to bring all the fat that belongs to you to God. But we're talking about this specific fat from the animal. So, yeah. Yeah. But what the text says that um, when it was talking about the blood, it says it shouldn't be consumed. That is where the, the contention is. If we look at Psalm, Psalm 119, um, that scriptures just keep coming to mind every time we talk about the fat. You know, um, in Psalm 119, in verse 70, it, it talks about their heart is thick like fat. As for me, um, your teaching is my delight. You know, they, uh, um, the writer of the psalm is comparing the heart that is thick like fat. And, you know, it's like someone being pompous, not being, um, not being humbled before the Lord. 
So, so there he's using the fat in a negative way. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I, I want to see it as um, it's something that everybody wants. It, it, it makes the meat good, but you are humble enough to surrender it to God. Um, you're humble enough to surrender it to God, to, to, give, to give God the best and, um, and be humble before him. Um, and, and, and just to watch it go up in smoke, you know, as a bull yeah. <laughs> and, and all you can do is smell it. Okay? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you can smell it, and it smells good. <laughs> yeah. We had a comment there from Christine, who is a Chinese Singaporean, and uh, she reminds us in the Chinese culinary culture, and this is true because I actually have eaten this many times, uh, they serve up all of these things that we actually have been describing the liver, the kidneys, the innards, and they, that's actually still considered a delicacy in their culture, right? Just like we're talking here. It's like, this is the best bit, we give it to God. And somehow, you know, these guys, this culture was like, no, this, this is the best bit and we'll, we'll cook it, okay? Um, Let's go to Kansas. Kansas is the same. Oh, is the same? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But it's interesting. The, all the fat is the Lord's, which is an interesting little thing. And then you got to try and figure out why. Why is that uh, part of the animal uh, that all belongs to God? It shall be a statute forever. That's also interesting, right? When does this end? When does ever, forever end? Uh, wait a second. It ends after Jesus rose from the dead, yes? No, when, when the Messiah will come. It will, it will change the law according to some Midrashim. Well, they so, something. So there's something we've got to learn, but that what we're learning continues forever. It doesn't stop. Forever. Like, you, know, yeah. you, you learn that Jesus is the Lord, but then the very next day you can forget it. Okay? It is a statute <laughs> forever throughout your generations and in all your dwelling places okay? that you neither eat neither fat nor blood. Okay? We often we, we, we got the blood idea down pat. But um, for some reason, this text brings in this issue of fat. Okay. So let's, uh, let's look at this text now in the light of the risen Messiah. What are we going to learn from the allegory, from the discussion? Um, what is it that we're going to try? How are we going to try and make ourselves better servants of the Lord, better disciples? So, okay, guys, community, work with me here. What are we learning? Are we learning anything? The volume of the book speaks of me. It's good to eat together for reasons other than um, sorrow. This is a joyful occasion. This is praising the Lord, and you're sharing your your abundance here with, and the Lord is sharing it with you as well, including the lovely smell. Very nice. Yes, as Arya mentioned right at the start, everything is perfect with this with this meal occasion yeah that's nice and and it is good to praise the lord even though we are when we are not obligated to do so like in the peace offering it's good to praise him it's good to give him thanks it's good it's good to do something in the name of him like the charity you know prayers psalms you know singing for him as kate said you know have a table with friends, eat, drink, and praise him, talk about Torah. It's, as, it's also a tradition, Kate, in Judaism, that when you have a table, you must speak at least one verse from the Torah. Yes, I've heard that 
we do this whenever we have dinner at Ariel's place. We always sit down and there's always someone says, says something about, about the Lord. There's, there's mm -hmm. some discussion, some discussion on Torah. But it, what, what you've just said, Mordecai, is um, I think is one of the, is, 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 is pivotal. This is an offering. This is a sacrifice. Is there any reward for doing this? There is no reward. It's oh, in oh. your own heart. The, the reward is what you feel in your heart for the good. Okay. All right. But, but this, okay, great. Keep, keep that. Keep that. Around, but there's no physical text that says, and you shall be blessed. No. You know, and you shall have long life. And your wife will be incredibly fertile and your rabbits will, you know, multiply 12 times and all that kind of stuff. Okay. Uh, there's, there's none of that. This is, this is purely, as Mordecai was saying, this is pure, pure worship of the Lord. This is, yeah. I love the Lord. He's done amazing things for me. I'm going to give him my best. Yes. Yes. It's going to be perfect. Mm. I'm, going to, I'm going to delight in it. He's going to delight in it. The priest is going to delight it because he's going to get a bit of it at the end anyway. Okay. We're all going to sit around this barbecue and go, gee, that smells good. Um, and, you know, all kinds. And we're going to watch this fat burn up in smoke salivating, oh, even though we've been told we can't actually eat it. In the first place. <laughs> but that's not the point. But there is, there, there is a, a lot of heartfelt intention, uh, even though, as Anne mentioned, the heart's not even mentioned, not even what you put on the altar and not even the heart of the worshiper, although it's implied. Yes, we have many pastors, uh, rabbis, revs in this Zoom meeting. So it's good to have a table after your worship service, like we do in our synagogues, Friday evening, Saturdays, we have fire bringings. You know, we don't have to wait uh, for the Shabbos. So we just make a table, we drink, we eat, praise the Lord and talk about Torah. So you can do the same thing. They do it at Christchurch, which is a very good thing, Baruch Hashem. It also teaches us a good lesson that we have to have this table of fellows. So. Yeah. Does everyone know what Mordecai just said? That the tradition is in a synagogue, this farbringen is a Yiddish word. Is that right? Was it, yeah? Yes, farbringen is a Yiddish word. Well, Yiddish word yeah. and, um, and it's actually a mitzvah to actually kind of pay for. Is that right? Yes, if you have. If you so. have it, yeah. Somebody got to pay. But fellowship, table fellowship. And table fellowship was a really big deal in the Middle East. Not only in the worship of the Lord, but also just in regular society. And uh, here we are in the Feast of Sukkot. And what's one of the things you're supp traditionally supposed to do? Anyone know? Celebrate with a table. Celebrate with a table. And do I just do it by myself? No, you invite you invite others. In fact, in this in in the, in, in the Sukkot, you're supposed to invite others to come and participate. Yes, you are. Because why? Why are we doing such a thing? Why would I want to feed some complete stranger that I've never met before? Yeah. It's a mitzvah. It's a mitzvah. Sure. Yeah, but what's the tradition? Joy. 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 Yes, I get to meet a whole yeah. bunch of new new people. They get to eat all my food. Um, <laughs> Can you please repeat the question? Okay. So, as as Shimshon said, but the tradition is let's invite people into my sukkah, right? And yeah. um, I, I live on a cul-de-sac so you know it's a one-way street and everybody kind of knows each other everybody knows that i'm the only gentile on the street because every every time there's a religious holiday i'm always the shabbos boy okay um <laughs> but but you get known you really do get known i get to go into lots of other people's houses and get to see how they all live um but they all they all know you yeah. and um everybody always invites you particularly at this time 
They're always saying, hey, you guys having a meal? Have you eaten yet? Come, 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 come sit and eat. Is your son back from the army? No. Okay. When he comes, you, you, you bring him. And uh, yeah. yeah, because it ties us together. Okay, that's one thing. Yeah, yeah. What does what does King David say? You prepared a table for me in the presence of my enemy. Food is a massive way to reconcile uh, strangers and, and enemies. Yeah, and um, and I and I think that's the reason why food is has always been part of the worship of the Lord. Yes, and the early followers of the Messiah, what we call the Church. Yes. There's all there's, a, there's our meal occasion has now come down to a small bit of bread and wine, but that's still very powerful because it it's yes because it's the presence of the Lord. But um, as as there's this one little aspect, um, it's again just a tradition. But when uh, the tradition is during this time of Sukkot, you may when you when you bring a stranger into your Sukkah. You may be visited by one of the seven holy shepherds of Israel. Have you heard this tradition? Yeah, Baruch Hashem. Yes, that's yeah. right. And um, it's where you get this idea that Paul says, you may entertain angels unawares. There, there was this, it's, a, it's, just, it's, a, it's an old tradition which appears in the New Testament that there was this idea that, that if you actually invited strangers in, particularly at this time in, 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 um, in Sukkot when the, you're expecting messianic visitors. Yeah, that actually you may be entertaining one of the seven holy shepherds of Israel who happened to come and visit around this around this. Time. Well, Hashem, you're lucky. Yeah, to well, be in Israel. <laughs> yeah, I also have one one more thing about the importance of the table. Sure. One of the most important books on the Jewish law is called. Shulchan Aruch. So you see how important it is? Set of set table or order of the table. Even the most important like theological commentary is called Shulchan Aruch. So Shulchan is very important in Judaism. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes it is. In fact, the holiest place in a house is the table because that's where you discuss the Torah, that's where you discuss a lot of things. That's where you solve the problem, as you, as you mentioned, where enemies are reconciled and, um, and, yeah. and it's yeah. done over a meal. I mean, we, we see it throughout in the Torah, um, covenants has been made over meals and um, the disciples also did it, like Yeshua, you know, when they broke the bread before them and um, asking of apostles, they say they went from house to house, breaking bread. They consider this just beyond just um, feeding the flesh. They consider it a very spiritual thing. Yes, and that is the reason why I think that no table is complete unless you say something about the Torah. That when you sit down, you, there should be at least one one comment. Let's talk about something about the Bible at least at least once. Otherwise, this table is not not complete. So here, here's the here's the little discussion I had with my kids uh, around our little table uh, tonight. So I, I I went shopping in the afternoon just just to get a few. Very, very th few things like carrots and cucumbers, things we, we didn't, uh, we had run out of. So it's very simple things. Went to the little Macaulay, little corner store. As I was going through the, the, the fruits and vegetables, this uh, Russian Jewish man came. And you could tell that he was not very rich. His pants and his shirt did not meet in the middle. And um, 
and you know he wasn't having any shoes and he was didn't look like he'd had a shower recently he comes up to me and he says do you have strong hands I, said, I, I guess so can you help me move something into my suka sure my initial reaction internally i didn't want to do it i was trying to think of any reason to think why i shouldn't do this the other side of my brain was going of course you're going to do it. This is Gimelul Chassadim. This is an act of course. This guy says, I want some help. You're going to give help. And so I got that internal struggle. So I put my little shopping down. He says, can you take the agala, the, 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 the trolley? I said, but this belongs to the, the shopkeeper. He says, well, can you ask for them to borrow it? What? You want me to do it? No, you do it. You're darn self. <laughs> Every, my first reaction and everything is just always wrong. So, okay, I'll do it. so go ask this shopkeeper, hey, you don't know me. I don't know you. You got a nice shop. Uh, can I borrow Yagala? I'm going to help this homeless guy move some stuff. And the lady's looking at me like, you want to take my what? Like, look, look, I'll give you 100 shekels. I'll come back. I'll give you my 100 shekels back. We go down, he, he, I said, no, what are we going to collect? There was a sofa, this huge sofa that had been dumped by a dumpster. So I, I, I stick this on the trolley and I'm lugging this sofa upstairs, through little hallways, you know, all kinds of these. I'm drenched in sweat. My <laughs> jeans rip. Okay, I, I, I put this, it's, it's a busted up sofa. There's bits hanging all over the place. And his his um his his sukkah was just a sheet stuck on clothes pegs. Okay, he was quite poor, so I've put up his little 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 um, sofa so now he can sleep under his thing. And then I walked back and I thought, okay, I didn't want to do that, and so now I'm gonna I'm gonna wrestle with myself the entire way home why I didn't leap to help him. I did it anyway, so I'm reminding of myself. I sit down with my kids and I say, Jesus said it told us a parable about a father asking two sons, please do this. One son said, yes, I will, and he didn't do it. And the other son said, no, I don't want to, but then he did do it. I was that guy today, but I really wish I had said yes and still done it anyway. So let's try and learn something because uh, it, 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 it's, we, we, we all have it, but that was my little piece of of Torah with my kids and it was a little bit of an example from from myself thank you for listening our sermons and bible studies are on all your favorite podcasting platforms spotify apple podcast google podcasts and more sermons can also be found on youtube follow us on facebook for alerts on live streams if you are blessed by these teachings, please prayerfully consider giving toward the work of Christchurch. Visit ChristchurchJerusalem.org. Blessings from the City of the Great King. <laughs>